I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. Welcome to Reading Aloud, a podcast where Adam and I get curious about meaningful and not so meaningful topics. Meanwhile, giving you insight into what we talk about, why we talk about it, and how we talk about it. Be on the lookout for a new release of this podcast every other Thursday. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of our fertility journey. In this podcast, we recorded segments over the course of a month uh, during our fertility journey. And in this episode, we're going to be airing the second half of those recordings. Uh, Part one was the first half of those recordings. So go listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to thank everybody. Um, Since we released part one of the podcast a couple weeks ago, uh, we've received an outpouring of love and support. I feel like In the podcast, we said and continue to say that it's really difficult to hear from folks about their particular experiences, but so much of what we got was just appreciation. And so, um, you know, a lot of what I've been talking with, uh, with Adam this past couple weeks is that we don't really know why we do this podcast, that it felt like a little bit of a calling. And then for me, and I've said this before, but it's really an outlet Honestly, a lot of people hear me talk a lot, and this to me is an outlet to hear Adam talk more. I think his perspective on things is really meaningful and uh, impactful, and, and that's what a lot of people have said, of course, throughout the entire podcast series, but especially here. And I know in a fertility journey, it's uh, often two, two people going through it together, and it also the burden also weighs heavily on the person who's trying to conceive. So, you know, babe, I appreciate everything that you share always. And what I hear is that it's, you know, the way you've done it is really helpful for other folks as well. So this podcast in general, the Reading Aloud podcast is, uh, again, we're not experts. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also not necessarily Although we apparently love talking about our inner workings and our inside lives. I think we've agreed to be vulnerable with each other. And that's not only um, helped our relationship, but, you know, we hope that it inspires conversation amongst other couples. Exactly. So it's not about us being like, hey, everybody, hear what we do and think and whatever. It's really the vulnerability felt like a calling to share stuff that goes on between us because we want to be better communicators and are working in our relationship to continue to be good communicators. I think that you, Adam, come to this relationship naturally a good communicator. And I'm just really smart, so I can communicate. (laughs) But I have learned to be a more sensitive and open communicator with you. We had this idea a a little bit into our relationship that talking and reading aloud to each other and actually hearing each other and communicating in this way through intuitive, creative, like intentional conversation was absolutely critical. And so we believed in that process so much that we actually wanted to record it and share it with the world. Yeah. And that was, that was really, you know, the reading aloud concept. Yeah. So, so that's essentially what this podcast is in general. Um, And so I know a lot of new folks are listening. So I wanted to take this opportunity to share that with you all. So if you feel like going back and listening to other podcasts, this one, of course, has a lot of funny moments in it, but it's also fairly serious because it's a a big topic for us and one that we weren't sure we would ever share, to be completely honest. And uh, But there are other podcasts in this series that are just goofy and silly and funny, and we fight in some, and we 
cry some more in some, and we laugh a lot yeah. in a lot of them. So thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, and and to all of you folks, um, as we heard in the first one, again, so appreciative of all the love and support that we got, and please feel free to keep that coming. We've loved hearing um, all the stories. Yeah, most mostly what we received was a lot of people's experience, like support, but also your experience. And it sounds like, you know, this has provided an opportunity for people to feel like they're not so much alone. And for that, I am so grateful. Yeah. All right. So let's play these recordings. I believe there are three different segments right. um, that we're going to play. Enjoy. Okay. Enjoy. Blessings, y'all. So we are in week three of my cycle, which means we are in 100% in the waiting period. And I woke up last night at three o'clock in the morning. It was kind of intense. Well, I mean, it was really intense. I mean, we, we were up. We, we got up. Yeah. Like walking around up from like three to four. You walked around? Went to the bathroom, drank some water. Like I was up. I cried. A couple times. Fought with you. Uh-huh. So the waiting period is not all excitement and roses. That's what we're saying. Oh, no. Yeah. It's torture. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I guess there's hopefulness, but mm-hmm. you're also tracking for specific feelings and sensations to try to tell you which side of the fence you're on. You know, your body's doing all this stuff, and it's like, well, is that a baby? Or is it your period? Or is it nothing? And having had no experience having a baby, I have no idea. People will tell you all sorts of shit. I mean, we can get into that some other time, but... Well, for me, being on my side of it, it's like, it's the same experience, but it's just like tuning into every little thing that you say and being like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is that that? Oh, you feel sick? You know, is that that? We've been at this now for... Years. Years. It's very different than it was at the beginning. But I have to, at this point, I just have to learn to let go and then also trust you. So you've said, I don't think I'm pregnant right now. Yeah, I don't. And so, and that was a big part of the the conversation and the crying and the arguments last night. You're like, I don't think I'm pregnant. And, and so for me, I just had, okay. She's not pregnant. I have played the game in my head where you're like, I don't think I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, she probably could be. Truth or dare. Yeah, what's up? Truth or dare. What's up? Truth or dare. Oh, um, truth. Do you still have hope that I might be pregnant? Sure, yeah. That's annoying. That's so hard for me. I I know. I mean, I try not to. It's, believe me. I know, but babe, it's like, that's the thing is that This week, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was having these visuals of my body was just going through something and it was kind of sleep and awake and I was just, gosh, I'm just not pregnant. I just can feel it. And, you know, I've, of course, tried the thing where you, like, only speak positive intentions into the situation. Wouldn't even let the thought of me not being pregnant enter into my thought processes and let alone what I say out loud, Mm -hmm. you know. And here I am justifying because I'm sure there are people on the other side going, oh, well, she shouldn't say that if she doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm so tired of, uh, I mean, I've tried everything, Uh, everything, everything. I understand how that's annoying to you. 
that I still have this voice in my head. And I have tried, believe me, I have tried to shut that off. Literally mantra style of like repeating over and over and over. And then I still find myself holding on to some hope. Why do you think you do that when I've told you that I'm not pregnant? I think because it's something that, you know, I want for us. I, I don't know. I just, I I have that, like, there is that hope until I know, until you get your period. There is a possibility. Yeah. I've just started looking at it from a bird's eye view of in this three-year period and whatever is left to come, it's like there's been 36 cycles, 40-something cycles. You know, there's been a lot of cycles. And I'm tired of focusing on each individual cycle. You know what I mean? I know this one isn't working, so I'm ready to look at the bigger picture. Like, what other interventions do we want to engage in, if any? And to stop focusing on, like, the next five days and holding out hope for the next five days. I just kind of want to let it go and go, okay, it's not this month. I mean, it's not the last egg in my basket, You know, if that was the case, like if I had five eggs left, I'd be like, oh my gosh, let's just hold out hope till the last freaking second. I think I'm just like ready to stop hyper-focusing on the moment because it's torturing me. Mm -hmm. And to just be able to go, maybe it's not even this year, you know, to just be like, well, now we're looking at 2020. And, you know, part of it is just trying to, for me, knowing that surrender is one of the things that eases up the pressure of all of this. And it's the thing everybody loves to tell you when I stop trying. And it's everybody like, says that. I, everybody says everything that they can think of. Mm-hmm. And I would like to find a little bit of peace and surrender. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is just going, yeah, it's not this month and moving on. Mm-hmm. having a cocktail and going for a swim in a hot tub and just moving on. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're at. We're in the waiting period. But we're not. It's kind of what we're saying. We're not waiting because you know you're not. We're in the third week. I mean, do you feel like today I had PMS? No. I didn't feel that way either. Mm-hmm. felt like yesterday I had a little bit. I fully agree and support what you're saying about being able to move on and take a bird's eye view, you know. And so there is a lesson there that it's not that you necessarily stop trying, but it's that there's some sort of release. And I hear that, and I believe that to a certain extent, but at the same time... No, neither of us, neither of us are looking to stop trying, yeah, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, that's why I said to... No, but I, I'm just looking for some relief. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a full surrender. I'm not going to force a surrender when we're obviously still so in it. I don't see at this point in our journey how you ever, quote-unquote, stop trying. I hear that that is really important, that there is a release and a let go of being so tied to the daily signals, Right. I have made a ton of improvements over this past while that we've been trying of letting go of a lot of that. But you asked me at the beginning, you know, if I ask you if you still have hope or whatever you said exactly, what I mean, I mean, hope didn't sound like the right word there, but like if you still, you know, had, you know, thought that I could still be pregnant, 
do you? And I said, yes. And I am still working on that aspect. Do I obsess over it? No. But like, if you asked me straight up, yeah, the answer would be, yeah, I still have hope that you're pregnant, even though you've said that you're not. And I believe you at the same time. It's really confusing. You know, like, I believe you that you're not pregnant. Believe me, I don't think you're pregnant because you said you're not pregnant. But do I still have hope that you could be? The honest answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at. Do I obsess over every little thing? No. I'm past that. Believe me, I'm past that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we are currently sitting in our bathroom. My soul's taking a bath. You sound like somebody just died. <laughs> I feel like something. <laughs> so we're recording because um, we just got our period today. Do you get yours too? Yeah, well, the collective we in this infertility process, this um, whatever, trying to get pregnant thing. So My grandpa used to have, have a book called Sex. If I didn't laugh about it, I'd be crying. <laughs> And I feel like that's my M.O. here. Yeah, we officially found out, what, three hours ago? You found out this morning, you told me about three, four hours ago, uh, that we are not pregnant this month, which is not a surprise. Probably the 25th, 26th, 30th time. Yeah, it's like the 40th time. Close to the 40th month that we've hoped that we would be, and it's not. I don't know, I can't do math. It's like the 30, you're right, it's like the 35th. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's a lot of disappointment to have this type of day 30 times in a couple of years. It's hard. How are you feeling right now? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, I just feel like making jokes. (laughs) I mean, when you put it like that, it feels like an eternity. Mm Mm-hmm. I think we should do a podcast where you cry. (laughs) Have I not cried in one of our podcasts? No, I cry every podcast. I don't think you've cried. You've only cried in like 30 to 35. (laughs) Here we are, episode whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's a sad day. It's just, you know, it kind of like, for me, it just, sucks the whole joy out of the day. I mean, I was I was telling you right before we started recording and just right away that this time I had really practiced this like letting go mentality. I have felt for me personally this letdown has been less than other times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this time is for me, you know, I've done what you're talking about a lot more recently. Just <clears throat> just not um not just being like, I don't know. I made this commitment over the summer. I'm not going to live my life just totally ruled by this. I'm like, it's going on far too long to exist in this and to feel like this is this will dictate how I feel in any given moment, including the hopeful weeks and the trying weeks and all of the ways in which we get jostled around by this experience. And, you know, we're going to look back and be like, whoa, we spent the first three years of our marriage really ruled by this and and really sad. I mean, last, you know, I don't, I can't remember how much we've talked about on this podcast now, but 
last year was rough. You were depressed about it, like, or this sparked or per- contributed to some depression, and then we were arguing all the time, we were disappointed all the time. It was just, we were just lost and stressed out. Because, I mean, something's going to happen. Either we're going to decide not to have kids, and mm-hmm. then we'll settle in that, or mm-hmm. we'll try to adopt, or we'll try other um, fertility methods, but I mean, something's going to change. We're not right. going to be 75 trying to have a baby, right? Something will change. Right. And so I... I was like, we're going to look back and be like, we, we literally wasted our marriage or the beginning of our marriage. And I see the face that you're making, but I mean, like we, I think what I'm trying to say is like, we allowed ourselves to live in this state of, of longing or desperation, not essentially not in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and, and it's just the same thing when you worry about something. And then when it's over, you're like, I just spent all the time worrying. I mean, it's the same thing. That's just the easy way to say it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we that's like truthful so for you to share. It's yeah. It's it's hard for me to hear. And I'll admit that it's hard for me to hear. What do you mean? But it's it's also it's it's also you know there's a lot of truth in that. But what? It, but do you not understand what I'm saying? I totally understand. What I'm you're just saying. saying like, why can't we just be? That was what I was trying to reclaim. Was like the parts of our lives that are joyful and yeah. not being focused on this disappointment. Right. So I don't understand why that's hard for you to hear you know, the term wasted in the first three years, thinking about all the things that we've done, but I, that's what hits me, but that's, that's not interpreting it accurately, because it's, it's not the whole thing is wasted all this time, but it's like recognizing that there has been that attachment to having a kid for the first three years of our marriage, and that it has not happened, so we've carried that with us the whole time. Right, like yeah. that that's been, that that's our story, like right. as opposed to right. being so grateful to be married. And like right. once we have a kid, if that happens, it's going to be easy. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like, and then we spent all this time worrying about how it was going to happen. I mean, it's hard not to be concerned after this period of, like this length of time, but it it is still like, Let's just be in the moment and be grateful for not having a kid. Yeah, I would love to know exactly how to do that. Well, right, I'm not trying. <laughs> but to yeah, that. no, but no, but you're you're saying it right. I'm I, just saying I personally had decided that I was not going to want to look back and go, "That's what I remember about the first right. three years of our that's marriage." That's what I'm going to pull from it. We kept trying to have a kid, and we. You know, right. When real, when happening. in reality, are those these three years have been phenomenal. Right. Last year was a little bit of an exception. It was tougher, but yeah. I mean, it was still awesome. But yeah, but it's like, how do we choose to remember it, and what do we tune into? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to spend all this time like being sad. I mean, let's paint a picture. I have use of one leg. <laughs> You're sleep deprived because you didn't get good sleep last night. What else is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, Having your period makes you just feel terrible about yourself. You have and then no and then, happiness. I don't know. You're in pain. And then when 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 pain. when when you get you know when you have your period and you're you get frustrated, then my responses to that frustration are unsupportive and can be egotistical. And therefore make it worse. <laughs> well, let's just, let me just say, so I, let's my, just, my let me just go on record to say that you have done an amazing job this time. Exponentially better than you've ever done before. <laughs> I'm learning. Well, I don't know what, 
you're learning, but you are learning. I mean, really, you've been exponentially better. I mean, I you've just supported me where I've been at and not tried to fix it. That's been my biggest learning as the partner and not experiencing this in my in my body. So my emotions are interlinked through yours, understanding that I can't do things to alleviate alleviate or fix is a really strange word, but it's, you know, whatever, to fix it. It's more of my job to integrate and to be in that presence so that you have solidarity and partnership in your emotions, that your emotions and in that partnership and solidarity, they are validated. And the other thing I think... And that's been a huge learning. Let me be clear that I have not always... That, that is a big lear- lesson learned on You're really part. your Achilles heel is when yeah. I'm in pain to be present to it in one form or another like it's really like you're an amazing human and that's really like your hardest learning in my opinion but the other thing that you've done really well is not make it about you Mm. and you know I don't know that I ever would have realized the importance of that in the beginning Mm because I just kind of assumed we're both in this together but it is different Mm -hmm. it is it's it is in my body. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it hurts. Right. It's not like in my it body. It physically hurts mm-hmm. my body. It emotionally hurts the both of us, but it's like physically hurts my body and also like I have no I have no like estrogen or any I have nothing in my body to make me happy right now. It's just like it's literally draining out of me. Mm. I really want to say something on this podcast. I'm pretty sure it's going to get cut. Mhm. Can I say it? Mhm. The whole thing is a bag of rotten <laughs> I mean, there's like... We no... gotta figure out how to beep that because that's hilarious. I mean... I think we just have to tell them beforehand, like, there's some language and some sadness in here, so get ready for the realness, but... It's like something out of a Cards Against Humanity game. You know? It's like a big nightmarish joke... That you can't fix. Right. And it's you so bad. It's, it's so it's bad. It's so bad. It's over the top. You're like, what in the world is going on? And you're and you can always find gratitude in your life. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's just the pits. Mm-hmm. It's like the card against humanities that's like, you know, <laughs> infertility meets the election of Donald Trump. And it's just like <laughs> And then the infertility plus Donald Trump equals a a bag of rotten (laughs) (laughs) It's a twofer card. It's it's a double blank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and, um, triple blank. And then... Triple blank. It's terrible. Yeah. It's just terrible. And you're just like, and nobody can do anything and you can't do anything. And I think we've said this before. Uh, like, I don't remember our previous recordings exactly, but you're not doing anything wrong. Right. Oh, like, sure. and, I, and I have to keep reminding well, and myself do, of that. I mean, you have to question it, too. Like, oh, I, mean, I totally. can't tell you. This time around, I'm like, was it the thing? And, sit, and, you know, I haven't moved since my knee thing. And, like, am I not moving enough? Am I not getting enough exercise? Was I, is it the comfrey salve? You know, 
And like the thing about it is, and I want to talk about this for a second because I think this is a really important piece of it because it's coming up for me about this humor, right? Like laughter as medicine. And I was talking to you about it today about how in my 20s, everything, I mean, my mind like could not make sense of life in the way that I have ease with life now mm-hmm. and can hang with challenges better. But in my 20s, I would just be confused about why life was the way it was and I would go to my best friend Caitlin and I would we would just like just laugh and we would just laugh about how terrible it was and you know and just be like you know I'd say something and she would just be like they're the worst right and like it didn't matter if they were really the worst but she would just say it with me and we would laugh and mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that took it away a little bit. Oh my gosh, it was yeah. the most healing because all of a sudden it's going to be okay because laughter is medicine. And I feel laughter is medicine here. And I also feel like there's this need to just feel like the, like the depth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, um, I don't know what how to explain it. Are you trying to find the balance between the laughter I'm and not, the depth? Or? I don't feel like I'm overdoing the laughter part because honestly it's like sex if I didn't laugh I'd be crying all the time I'm like I don't think it's that sad I'm not it's not like I'm the only person going through this you know it's not that sad there's we have a beautiful life it's just that there's something in there that's like it's like I do think that I need to access more of that grief even though I I don't know my emotions go so high and so low already. Like, I feel such a range already that I'm not necessarily that stoked to invite in more sadness. I mean, gosh, I just, that's, it's too easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't figured out. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. There's just it's something that's coming up for me about grief in this process. And although it's really healing to laugh, there's also just like, I guess I just want today to just be a sad day mm-hmm. and to just kind of go in and out of tears as tears either and one laughter, of us it sounds like. need it. Yeah. I'm here for you, babe, and I'm here for us. Is it my turn to be the needy one today, to use that term? And the answer is no. But do I know that that door for support for me is always open? Yes. I think, again, you experiencing the flushing, as you were talking about earlier, of all of these, like, emotions and experiencing that, like, that is a huge support for me. Hmm. Right? I mean, to think about it that way, that I'm not actually experiencing that Mm -hmm. in my body, and you are for us as a couple, as a partnership. Your, that is on your shoulders. And so, like, that's a huge support for me. So the least I can do is to support you. And, you know, and we talked a little bit about that in the best way possible today. Yeah. So is this how we're ending the podcast? Um, I think we might do an ending. Mm-hmm. But if this is the ending... Merry uh, Christmas, Mary, everybody. Mary, Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you know. It's not like we, I mean, we don't have to make it nice. Yeah, yeah, this is real. I mean, this will be the rest of our day. And so 
this is, I guess, where and now we it's end. the rest of yours. And now it's the rest <laughs> of mine. <laughs> One of the interesting things that I've thought about not having a getting pregnant for you now three years, a little over three years of marriage and five years of knowing each other is that we've really been able to shed a lot of our previous lives and in terms of the things that we have and really dial in like the stuff in our house and kind of who we are as a couple and how we function. We've had that opportunity to do that without being so focused on another being. Like we've been able to, you know, really become a unit in terms of what we have and how we use it. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that. I've thought about that too. And sometimes that gives me comfort. Like it's those thoughts that give me comfort and makes me feel like, you know, see the gifts in it and I see other couples who don't have children at all and I think about some of the things that they do and I and I just kind of go okay well there are some things that you do when you don't have kids and so then I go okay so those are the gifts that we're receiving right now Mm -hmm. Um, or that's the life that we get to appreciate right now not that one's better or worse obviously we really highly desire to have kids and I think we'd have an amazing experience had it gone the other way this thing of like people are always we didn't we were never ready we didn't you know and at this point we're like we are so ready we're like our communications on point we're everything like I sometimes I sit with you in what feels like almost like the void of our life we have so much spaciousness and we have so much whatever. And I think, you know, gosh, there really feels like there's something missing. But, but I also think about the days when I'm just like out of my mind, stressed out with work and busy with social stuff. And I think about how great it is to get social time with my girlfriends just all the time, anytime. And for you to be involved in kickball and training for a marathon and, you know, just like all the things that we get to do because we don't have another obligation at the moment. And it's just like the thing is that I'm trying to get to in saying all that is that like I don't necessarily honestly have a strong preference in the sense that I love our life does my heart ache for this being that I feel like we're called to bring into this world being or beings? Yes. Do I know that that being or beings is not here right now? Yeah. So what am I going to do, but enjoy my life? Right. I guess what's coming up for me is like grass is always greener kind of in the sense that well, is some of the joy being taken away because I'll do this, but, like, what I really want to be doing is this. And then when you have a kid, you're like, you're like, man, I wish I had time to do that, you know. I think both of us are really good at enjoying our lives the way that, that it's presented to us. Mm-hmm. That's and this has been the thing that has challenged that more than anything else, mm-hmm. is that when we have a kid, not because of this experience, but maybe somewhat in part because of this experience, but I think even without this struggle, I think we would have had gratitude to have that child 
just like you and I really do a good job of going, of not trying to idolize something else, you know, Mm -hmm. idolize people with more money, people with more things, people Mm -hmm. with whatever. This has been the hardest one. God, yeah. And I think it's kind of hard because part of me finds joy in the life that we're living right now together. Yeah, and do you feel guilt for finding joy? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I should be more longing for this baby or it's not going to come or something. There's always all the superstition, all this like power that you think you have over the outcome, whether it's about like surrendering or, you know, going to have sex in the woods because that's another trick. Did you know that? Going on vacation every month. Going camping, camping, getting really drunk in the woods. What other things have you heard? Um, I haven't heard that one, but I like that. It sounds cool. <laughs> having sex every day, having sex every other day, having sex once every three days, using a particular lube or not. Taking Robitussin. Oh, yeah, I've taken Robitussin a couple months oh, in a row. Oh, that Tussin just going to cure, put a baby right in your belly. That's and right. How many stories have you heard that somebody said, well, you know, I winked twice and like, you know, we twinkled pinkies and then the next (laughs) month they were pregnant, worked for my friend. A hundred. They always end with, and and the next time they were pregnant. And the very next time they were pregnant. (laughs) And the very next time they were pregnant. Really? And, and like, I think, you know, it's, it's hopeful and it's helpful, you know, to hear these stories of like, but like, it is helpful. it's somewhat helpful, but like, it, it, none of the stories are helpful. This the one It's helpful to know that you can get pregnant after a long time of not getting pregnant is well, what's helpful. Well, the stories stop having their glimmer of hope because you're like, I don't care what they did. Yeah, and, and I don't you, ever want to even see that baby. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's not a baby I care about right now. <laughs> and, and, and also, you're just like, one thing you learn after, after trying for a little while is that it's not about the tricks. It is not about the tricks. It's not about the tricks. And you know what? You're not doing anything wrong. Like, you have to learn that. You're not doing anything wrong. Like, you're not... It doesn't matter if you twink twice and twinkle pinkies. <laughs> Although, I really think that we should try this getting really drunk in the woods thing. But, like... <laughs> but, like, it doesn't... It doesn't matter. But, like, it's just gonna happen or it doesn't. And there are things that you can do to improve your chances. Sure. And we're doing and them all. totally do all those things. To improve your don't chances. don't even tell people should don't even use the word should don't should there's nothing no should anything no should the point Shush is with those shoulds the point is is that I like our life right now I love all that we're creating my business is really enjoying my life you're <laughs> enjoying eating up your life yeah getting all of my my business breast milk and then <laughs> you you're doing great in life and you're learning things and growing and doing all this cool stuff and this is just our path right yeah Thanks for tuning in and listening as we discuss what is meaningful and curious to us. And don't forget to rate, review, and share with your friends. Bye. Bye.